Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC's orthopedics team, offering hip, knee, joint, spine, and back treatments. Learn more at upmc.com slash centralpaortho. Welcome back to The Spark. I'm Scott Lamar. Russia invaded Ukraine one year ago today. The largest conflict in Europe since World War II has resulted in estimates of 10,000 to 30,000 civilian deaths and maybe up to 200,000 Ukrainian and Russian fighters killed. Russia has been accused of many war crimes over the past year, even though it denies they have occurred. Right after the war began, we spoke with Alex Borovensky, the founder of Pro-English Theater and Pro-English Drama School in Kiev. Alex Borovensky is with us again today. Alex, welcome back to the program. Hey, glad to hear you. Hi, Pennsylvania people. Glad to be back. Well, first of all, I have to ask this question. Are you safe? Well, I'm in Kiev, and uh, Ukrainian troops, we moved the Russian bastards from Kiev region like last year. So it's, well, I mean, Ukraine, you cannot say it's safe, but there is no direct threat, I would say, right now. All right, so here's a broad question. But looking back over the last year, what are, you th- what are your thoughts about the war? Well, it's really a broad question, Scott. Uh, <laughs> I told you it was a broad question. Right, yes. <laughs> well, I still think, uh, I used to think, and I still think that war is inhuman. It shouldn't be in this modern civilization at any means. And the war of this scale is unthinkable. And I know, I cannot imagine how it still goes on for a year. Like, so my thought about the war, that somehow, somehow I have to admit that it might take place in civilization. So only now I'm trying to understand how do I live with that. I used to live with that for a year. Now I'm trying to understand how. Uh, what is the logistic of the war? What is the finance of the war? What is the poetry of the war? What is that? And uh, I'm not doing this to uh, take another year. I do hope that uh, 2023 Ukraine will win and defeat those enemy and uh, darkness. But uh, right now I'm trying to understand what it is. Only now. Let's go back a year. What were your thoughts at the time? I mean, we spoke when the war started. But at the time, did you think that it would end up a year later like it has? Uh, well, man, uh, uh, it's, uh, you're lucky that you didn't speak to me on the 24th of February 2022. You wouldn't understand a word. I would be stuttering because that's how my voice was uh, on that day. That's my hands were trembling. My eyes were, my uh, pupils were wide dilated. And it's like uh, I was terrorized. I was literally terrorized. I couldn't think. Uh, All I could like, you know, I spent two hours in the morning of invasion just walking around the room and the objects, the things were falling off my hands. Uh, because I couldn't uh, just put it into my head that this has happened. Uh, and even now, talking about this, I get back to this feeling. Uh, so, well, um, I didn't think and I didn't plan. Then the whole March, previous March, when we lived in the premises of English Theater, uh, all I could think about is that if Russians going to take Kiev, 
because well they were very they were very close and if i'm gonna finish my performance because i started to put the theater performance in the basement premises in both shelter and all i thought about will i finish it will i have the premiere will i have the opening night so yeah that was my plan i remember you saying that when we spoke that uh, the performances had moved to the basement has the theater continued to operate Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, and the difference now is that uh, previous year, February, March, uh, April, maybe even May, Pringles Theater was pretty much the only uh, theater that kept actively operating uh, because we were in a basement. We were the bomb shelter theater. Right now, pretty much every theater in Ukraine is a bomb shelter. Everybody developed a small stage that's like 30 to 50 people, and it's in a basement of the theater, and it's going on. So every theater now is a bomb shelter like ours. We kind of started the network. We like franchises. We like McDonald's or the theater. So the arts did continue in Kiev. What about Absolutely. life overall? How would you describe life in Kiev now? Well, uh, it's different than before the invasion because uh, transportation is different. You have to take it really carefully if you want to travel. So I used to travel here quite a lot. Now I really think, do I have to? Because any siren and it stops. Uh, Metro works, but not everywhere and so on. So you really start, consider carefully, should you go or should you stay? Mm, Lots of house gatherings uh, or theater in theater gatherings, not so many cafe stops and going out. That I would say. Other than that, I guess it's very close to normal. Blog posts were taken away. The hedgehogs from the highways that we used to have last year, they were taken away. They are stored nearby, not very far, but it's not on the roads anymore. Mm, Curfew, it's not that bad. We still have curfew. It's from 11 uh, p.m. And the uh, transportation stops from 9.30 p.m. But everybody kind of gets used to this and this like this new world order. So there are no night parties anymore, but we got used. We have the matinee parties these days. So most of the fighting has occurred in other parts of the country, especially in the eastern part of Ukraine. But do you still hear, it sounds like you still hear sirens, and do you hear explosions? Do you hear fighting nearby? Well, uh, not the fighting nearby, because, well, the fighting is uh, happening in the east and south of Ukraine. But Russians adopted a couple months ago, several months ago, they adopted this wonderful technique of hitting the infrastructure and civilians with their missiles, uh, calibers and uh, other, you know, these missiles from everywhere. And I started hearing the explosions much stronger than before. A couple times I heard the windows of my apartment like trembling. I never heard it when uh, Russians attacked Kiev like directly. Now I do hear that because they're using much stronger missiles. And, uh, well, it's not the direct attack, but you never know when this uh, uh, missile flies. Air alert just means that something is in the air. You never know where it goes. Does it go to your region? Does it go to your city? Does it go anywhere? It's always a game of chance. And sometimes you just ignore it and play with your cat. Sometimes you continue rehearsals. Sometimes you run to the bomb shelter like crazy. So it's like, it all depends on the mood. Like, you know, in a mood for a coffee, that's in a mood for a bomb shelter. That's what we are these days. <laughs> Speaking of infrastructure, how has that impacted life in Kiev? Oh, uh, that uh, had a tremendous impact, I'd, I'd say, a month or two ago. 
because uh, Kiev usually is very well lit. It's this. It's not Las Vegas per se, but like there is a lot of ads and everything. You go uh, to the street and you see all the lights. Then you go to the sea and it's complete darkness. No street lights. A uh, couple buildings have whatever kind of candle lights or whatever. Everything else is dark. So Kiev was, I guess, sixty percent in darkness most of the time. Then they started to do this, implementing this power cutouts to save the energy and to save the infrastructure from draining. And you never know if you're building. I personally lost five kilos simply because I don't use the elevator anymore because I'm afraid. If they cut down electricity, you just get stuck there. So I just walk the stairs and I leave the eighth floor, man. So I walk quite a lot, which is a good thing for my uh, composure. And uh, that's that's one of the things. Now it's much better. Many Ukrainians and Kievites we adopted these things with generators. I got with the help of our, by the way, Las Vegas Theater. They help us to purchase the EcoFlow power station, and plus we have the generator, so we cool about the electricity. And it's much better these days. We adopt. That's the thing about Ukrainians. We we take it very quickly. We adapt to everything that continues living. Well, speaking of that, many people expected the Russians to roll over Ukraine this time last year. But the resolve of the Ukrainian people was one of the factors that's kept it from happening. How would you describe that adaptation that you just talked about and that resolve of the Ukrainian people? Um. There are two things uh, that I think are very important in this case. In terms of danger, Ukrainians become very consolidated. We unite just like that. We don't need, uh, you know, just a leader. All of the Zelensky he did, and he's still doing a very great job. But Ukrainians, uh, we have this tremendous capacity, like real Cossacks, to get together and hit the enemy from every direction. They don't know what's going to hit them. Is it going to be a villager, an old babushka, or the tank, or the Bayraktar, or whatever? because we do it from every direction immediately. That's one thing. The other thing is this tremendous, I was very surprised to come to the city of Irpeng uh, two months after it's been deliberated and the Irpeng was like devastated, it was ruined. I came there and it was hard for me to find the ruined building. Ukrainians restored it. Even before the money came, even before the restoration brands came, we just restored it with their hands. I've seen people like doing the rubbles and stuff and restoring the buildings. This is our ability to live normally, to live peacefully, even in times of war, as soon as we get the chance. This is something that I believe the whole world can learn. Hmm. Speaking of the whole world, what message do you have for Americans or the whole world that's watching what's going on in Ukraine? Oh, that's very simple. Dudes, cheer up. You think you're tired of the war of Ukraine? Look at us. We are super tired. I sleep like five hours per, per night and I'm not tired. I could be, but I still fight because this is the fight for humanity. This is the fight for civilization. So please, for God's sake, do not get tired. Get interested. Get more interested. There is a lot of funny things going on. Put your interest in it and put your hand in it. Do you think that the world is maybe getting tired of, of this after a year of seeing on nightly television here in the United States in the news? We see a lot about the, the war in Ukraine, but maybe not as much as we did a year ago. Well, and that's understandable because news is news. And the war of Ukraine, uh, the war on Ukraine is slowly moving from the front pages to the second pages, third pages, fourth pages and so on. And it's different in every country. And I see a lot of support from U.S., 
And it's like, it's, I'm tremendously grateful personally. I think all Ukrainians are because to me, it looks like it's not getting less, at least from the US uh, side. And to me, US is the most powerful country in the world. You guys could have ended it before, even if you wanted real good, I think. So uh, the support is there, but it's not like this with every country. Some countries in Europe uh, get stronger, but some countries get tired. Uh, I'd say so that's my message is not just to US, but to the whole world. <laughs> Guys, pay, pay attention. This is happening. It is the biggest war right now. Alex Borovensky, I want to thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. Alex, stay safe. You're listening to The Spark on WITF, your home for NPR and discovering all things local. I'm Scott Lamar.